Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. In Jesus' most precious name, amen, 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 we bless God for what God has done, we thank him for his faithfulness in our lives, we thank him for his protection, and may his name forever be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. We would be talking about... I would try to, you know, we would, it's, it's interesting and I'm always glad it is my heart. When we start the service and I hear the first hymn and I hear that, you know, the, uh, the song, only um, that is the, so many people that the people have forgotten, but are before is true. Are before is true. Basically, that song is not only referring to us, but is letting us realize that the faith that we, the faith that we are part of, has an history behind it. Has an history behind it. And so, as we begin to look at this particular topic, which I attacked your persuasion. What I was speaking to a neighbor of mine, and we were having a chat, and I was, I also had the mind to share the gospel with her. She's 86. No, she's, I think, yeah, she's. 86 to 87. Then while we were just talking, before my daughter even got to the gospel, we kind of talked, you know, we, we had, um, we had a nice time having a conversation. And she said to me that she, so she was talking to me about her challenges in terms of having to scrape every penny together as a pensioner to be able to meet up our bills. And, you know, and we spoke about that, which God helped us to kind of give what we can to help her. She didn't ask, she was quite shocked. But, you know, I said to her, you're like my mom. And all I'm saying, why I'm saying that is this. She, so she was just having a conversation, just having a conversation about everybody around us that died, you know, she's the only one here. And things and things like that. You know, she was talking about her husband that died five years ago now. Um, things like that. We were just having a chat about him and things like that. So she now said something. She said, she said, you know, she, when she was talking about the pension, she said that she said that you know there is some benefits that pensioners get in this country. And if I'm right, I think she was talking about the license fee and things like that. Mm-hmm. She said that she said that when. Um, when, um, what's his name, when Boris was going to campaign to come in, Boris said that he knows that they've been reintroduced it, but he's going to cancel it. So she said that in the first time in my life, she said last two years, I think it was 85 or 84, when the last election occurred, he said, since by childhood I have voted Labour. He said, because my parents, 
said you should vote Labour. He said, so in the very first time of my life, I voted Conservative. Because of that reason. So when Boris came in, Boris did not cancel it. He increased it. So she said, you know, he said, no, it didn't even leave it the way it is. He increased it. And that is the reason why I voted for it. What is this? Why is this interesting to me? Why, why am I starting off from this point? Is that the only reason why she voted Labour was because that is what her parents are told her. She had no conviction of why that thing is true. And there are so many things going on in our age and our time, especially. I, you know, it's been so heavy in my heart, wondering how I can best equip my daughter because I do not, I think I can, as God. I believe God will keep me alive, but I believe my generation will escape so many things that they will struggle with when they want to raise their children. So it's been a struggle in my heart that how am I going to be sure that this girl can know that this is the faith. You might have been interested in the in the Story around Methodist Church, allowing same-sex marriage and things like that. <laughs> That's another story entirely. But it is important. So what we are talking about is your persuasion. Are you convinced? I too had to go through that position on my day. The day I told my dad, he was offended. Because I can remember, I told him that, I said, Daddy, I am not attending the white government church. I am not a Christian because you are a pastor. I, I know. He was glad, but he was offended. Because I said, so what are you saying? All, all, the, all my training, all these years. No. It got to a point when I knew. So it wasn't, I wasn't pushed. I wasn't. You know, there is a time in a child's life that the Bible says, teach the child in the way it should go. But there has to be a time that the child has to be convinced. But if you don't even raise the child to go the way to go, ha, there is danger. I'm telling you that this is not prophecy. There is danger. The way things are going, even within the body of Christ, God help us. So, now, if we, let me just start off from this scripture for us. First Peter chapter, um, first Peter chapter, um, chapter 3, verse 14. He said, he said, but even when you, this is amplified, but, but even when you should suffer for the sake of the, of righteousness, that means for the sake of Christ, though it is not certain that all of you will. He said, you, still, you are still blessed. He said, I see, the fact that you are suffering, 
for Christ, or you are you are you are you are wealthy, or you are it is it is not a definition. He said, "Be happy to uh, and to be, ad- be I'm sorry, happy to be admired and favored by God." He said, "Do not be afraid of their intimidating threats, nor troubled." Or not be troubled or disturbed by the opposition. He now said, he said, in your heart, set Christ apart as only an acknowledging, giving him the first place in your life as Lord. Now, this is the part. He said, always be ready to give a logical defense. So when somebody asks you, why are you a Christian? The Bible says you should have, see, the Bible says you should have a proper defense, a logical defense. Why are you a Christian? Do you have a logical defense of your faith? Because your conviction, your persuasion, it's not only enough that I had a dream and I saw myself in church. That is, that is great, but the Bible says you are to have a logical faith. Now, if you cannot process your faith, understand why you're a Christian. We are trying to, you know, God has helped us to do a couple of things. He with the older Sunday school out there, you would be shocked at the questions they are coming out with from what they have been taught in school. And the Bible is saying to us, no, you present them a logical, there has to be, it said, a logical defense to anyone who asks you about the account of your hope or your faith. And confidence assurance Basically, he's saying that what is the what you are confident, not only confident, you are you you have this assurance in your mind. But the Bible says, yet when you do it, you are not to be rude to people. So this is not a good what, 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 what kind of question is that? I know I know who I believe. No, that's not that is not scriptures. Then do it gently. And don't demean people while you are trying to tell them, no, no, you see. This is why you don't know anything. If you had seen revelation like I saw, you will not be here. No, the Bible says no. Those that are questioning it, respect them and treat them gently. Treat them gently. But you have to have that assurance in your mind. This is important as you begin to, because see, you have to get to a point where you know and at times people treat the Bible as if the Bible is trying to, is trying to, is, there are some things that the Bible is a bit strange about that. You know, there are some things that you don't have. No. It says here, this is scriptures I'm reading to you. The Bible expects you to be able to analyze your faith. 
But I'm trying to just say that, you know, oh, um, why do you believe in Christ? I just believe. I just believe. No, no, that's not Bible. There is an aspect of that, please don't get me wrong, that deals with that when you are in situations you cannot explain. But you believe in God. But the reason why you believe in God, certain things must be settled in your mind. Because Jesus himself set the stool at the beginning of the journey. You see, Jesus was not, Jesus was not, you know, you, you cannot be, you cannot listen to what Jesus said and not be sure that you are convinced before you are about to face what Jesus said you would face. Or I would face. So you see Jesus saying in, Matthew, in Luke chapter 21, Jesus in Luke chapter 21 from verse 12, he says, oh, sorry, let me just, let me just, sorry, um, there's this guy, I was just trying to look at, you know, there's this, you know, there are people also that followed Peter, uh, Paul, a man called Demas. He was, he, he was, the, the Bible says that, he says, and uh, uh, Philemon chapter, well, there's only one chapter there, but one verse 24, he said, so Mark and Antios and Demas, and, sorry, is it Demas, or Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. So basically, Paul was saying, these men, we are fellow workers. So they were both, they were all Christians. They were all going up and down, doing X, Y, Z. But when you read on to, to Timothy, you would see that the Bible talks, the Bible talks about, the Bible talks about Timothy, um, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. It's that same Demas, he said, for Demas, because he loved the world, has deserted me and gone down to Thessalonica. So basically, what he's saying is that it was not enough that this man was, was following us around. When challenges came, he departed the faith and left. The question is, how did Demas, who Paul has said, this guy is my fellow worker, Get to a point that it is certain event. And Jesus had already set the stool from Luke chapter 21, from verse 12 to 17. Jesus said, He said, Before before all this, they will seize you, they will persecute you, they will hand you over to the synagogue and, and put you in prison. You will be brought before kings and government and, and governors, and all and all of all uh, sorry and all on sorry all on of my of my all sorry all on account of my name. The reason why they would persecute you is because of the name of Jesus. We would we will get into that and you begin to see why. It says here the Bible says it says. So, so you would bear witness to me. So basically, he's saying that when they call you, when they put you in prison, you should be clear why you believe in it. He went on, he said, but, but make up your mind not to be worried beforehand to defend on how, on how you will defend yourself. He said, I will give you what, I will give you words and wisdom 
that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. He said, you will be betrayed even by your parents, brothers, sisters, relatives, friends. They will put you to death. Everyone will hate you because of them. How can you listen to, read, listen to Jesus and not be sure why you're taking that step? If you are not convinced, you will drop it and walk away. And that is why, that is why if we are not careful what is coming ahead, People will keep on walking away from the faith because the assurance of their faith was first of all not established. Understanding what the faith is about. Understanding what the faith is about. When you begin to see statistics like this, in 2020, in 2022, the Bible says, sorry, it says this Christian um, um, database says that 4,761 4, Christians were killed for faith-related reasons. 4,270... Million Christians experienced high level persecution and discrimination. Then he began to break it even more detail to much more details. And he says that 4,277 Christians were detained without trial, arrested, and sentenced and imprisoned. In, in addition, 4,488 churches and Christian buildings were attacked. He said in Nigeria, I know that there's a lot of things going on in Nigeria, so at times we, it's clouding what uncertainties that are happening in the northern part of Nigeria. He said, he said 1,470 Christians in the first four months of 2021. Yeah. I have an uncle at a time when one of his church, one of their churches were blown up. And I called him on the side and said, how are you doing? He said, oh, we are good, we are going to church. He said, oh, okay. When I got to the north, because I served in the north, a statement was made to me. He said, I said, this is where you would know what Christianity is. See, what you do in the south, west, where you do whatever it is that you call Christianity, this is where you will know the definition of Christianity. The man said, if you survive this place, you, you will know your faith as a Christian. So I picked up this from, now this is a case that happened in, in Egypt. These were Christians. Their only question was deny Jesus 
That is, that is the holy thing. And your life will be spared. And he said, no. And every one of them was, was, was bearded. Yet, when you were speaking to the wife about this scenario, she was smiling. She had this bright, bright smile on her face. Saying, we are happy that they did not give up their faith. Question. <laughs> that is why, see, you, as you begin to, you need to, I am not saying, that's why when we read that scripture, he said, not all of you will face it. That's what he said. But guess what? If you are not confident why your faith is what it is, don't worry. God help us, may you not be so. I, as I can tell you, I am scared when I see, I, uh, that I, don't even know, I was thinking, you know, how many times I want to, I just want to teach my daughter as much of scriptures so that she understands So what will cause this lady to be smiling? She has young kids. She has about five of them. And she was saying, I am grateful that my husband did not give up the faith. The question is, why are you a Christian? Why are you a Christian? Maybe you have not had it before. There are Christians organizations that are supporting what is called Bible smugglers. There are Christian organizations that smuggle Bible into China. In some part of the of the world, if you smuggle Bible into it, it is death penalty. And you have people that constantly put their life on the line to smuggle Bible into those parts of the world. Question: What is the kind of persuasion that they have as a Christian that will make them say? Let us carry these Bibles when we, we may die. But we will do our best to ensure this truth gets to them. You have them everywhere. Most of them are not Africans. They are proper people who are well-to-do. Yet, one of them was talking about a story when they, when they went to China, they had smuggled the Bible in. They, were, they, they had come out of the, they used, um, they, there are ways by which they, they don't really describe, but there are routes they take to, to take the Bible in. And when they got there, they had all their Bibles ready. So when they got there, they were walking back and forth. And there are people who smuggled the Bible into North Korea. And they were going back and forth, back and back and forth. We were trying to see, because that was a spot 
they were supposed to pick up the Bibles. So they, were, they saw the policemen looking at them, wondering why are they in this area and what are they carrying. So they said they were walking away quickly so that they would not be caught. So they were trying to, so one, they saw two men who looked very tattered. They saw them under a tree. This is not thing, this is true life. So one of them walked to him, so they walked to the person. So as soon as they walked close to them, they said the password. Because when you are smuggling the Bible, see, they will give you a password. And this is, this is the password. And the way they send the password, they send it in such a way that it's not compromised. So when they shared the password with them, they handed over the Bible. And the men said, we were doing a service in our church eight months or nine months ago. And God told us, that some people will bring the Bible for us. It was not actually the person they were waiting for. Do you know what they did? Because they are farmers in this rural part. They spent four months or five months saving up money for the journey. I'm talking about 2000. I'm talking about 1951. Saved up money to go there. So the money they had, they had to make a decision either to be able to buy bus fare or heat because they don't know how long it's going to be for them. So they decided to walk. And in the 24th century, they walked for three months crossing the sea to find this place. So by the time they got there, their shoes were already torn. So as soon as they gave them the Bible, they received it with so much joy. They wrapped that Bible and they kept it under under a particular um, under um, under um, you know, kept it somewhere. And what happened was that those men said, "No, we cannot allow you go this way." They now gave them their own clothes and their own shoes. So they took their rags and gave them their own clothes. And those farmers said, "Thank you." And what they did was that they now decided to go back from the journey again for another three months before they are able to transmit the Bible to that part of the world. Why are you a Christian? Do you believe? Is your, what is your Christian faith based on? Why am I a Christian? She doesn't care I'm talking to you. The, the, Christian, the Bible has sold over 5 billion copies. At least, well, as far as the, uh, what they call them, the, um, as far as the, sorry, I don't know why this is not working. The Guinness Book of Records is, 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 is talking about. I don't want to, because I want to kind of, I don't want to go into much of, but I'm happy to have conversations with people about the scriptures. Because I know there are attacks on the scriptures, why it is, and again, because Christians have not been taught how to logic, how to understand what the Bible is about. Let's just, you see, I'm just going to, you know, 
all scriptures, we just quickly move down because all scriptures from the whole testament, everything is pointing to one person that is Jesus. The Bible is written, only has one story Jesus. The Bible only has one story Jesus. See, the Bible was not. Now, one of the challenges where the apostles had, okay, one of the difficulties when to be a Christian in the days of, of, of the apostles was that when Jesus stood before Caphias, and Caphias asked him this question, he said, he said, then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony? That these men bring are bringing against you. Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I charge you under the hearts of the by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah and the Son of God. Now, some people will say that Jesus, show me in the Bible where Jesus said that I'm the Son of God. You will come across those people who will challenge you and say that if you be like Jesus, Son of God, show me in the Bible where you are the Son of God. Where he said to. There is a reason why Jesus did not say that exact statement. Because when you read your Bible well, the Bible talks about every one of us are the children of God. So he wanted to be clear. So see the response of Jesus. Jesus went on and he said, and he, and so verse 7, he said, you said so. So basically, you said I'm the son of God, you said so. Now Jesus now said, Jesus replied, but I say to you all, from now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the majesty of the, of the, of, of, of the mighty one coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest, the high priest tore his clothes and said, he has spoken blasphemy. Now, what, what is the interpretation of what he said? What was Jesus talking about? Why did the why did the why 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 were the Pharisees struggling? Why did the man say, you know, we are happy with you? You know, it's not a problem. You are doing miracles, it's just a miracle worker, all those kind of things. It's not a problem. But now the, the challenge for them is that you are standing up and calling yourself the Son of Man. As soon as he said the son of man, he tore his clothes. Why? Remember that he was speaking to the high priest who understands the laws of the, the laws. So this, as soon as he said, I am the son of man, this is what they are, the Pharisees went back to Daniel. Because Daniel had already written down to say in a vision at night, I look and there was and there was before me one who looked like the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. He, he approached the ancient of days and he led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, sovereign power to all nations and all people of every language worshipped him. So basically when Jesus said, I am the Son of Man, what he was saying was bow down and worship him. 
So the man tore his clothes and said, what are you talking about? Again, this is why at times when Christians are not well granted in scripture. So they show me where Jesus said, I'm the son of God. You do not go, hey, he didn't say that. You see, that your scripture is not correct. I saw a pastor yesterday, a man of God yesterday, called me yesterday, he was panicking. Why? Because some of his members brought some questions that people had analyzed and said, ah, the Bible is this, the Bible is this. I just laughed. I said, this is the problem. When Christians are nowhere grounded in their faith. See, the Bible is not just, I am starting from there because all your faith is based on that scripture. You know, in the, as you read through scriptures, as I begin to drag you closer to what your faith is actually about, why you should be convinced in your mind. Please note that the man that tore his clothes was an high priest. He was a man that was serving God, but he could not cross that line that Jesus was talking about. That is why you see every other person believes in God, but that line is where they will tear their clothes and say, you dare not say that again. But that is the basis of your faith as a Christian. Let's read on. You look at Acts chapter, no. Acts chapter 6, verse 7. And I'm trying to point you, what I'm trying to lay here is that the people that first of all gave their life to Christ were devoted Jews. So that means that people who were serving God day and night, but yet, when Jesus came, they had to give their life to Christ. See, Acts chapter 6, verse 7. The Bible says, So the message, so God's message continued to spread, and the number of believers increased greatly, greatly increased in Jerusalem. Please note the statement. Many of the Jewish priests were converted. What? Why were they converted? Again, until you are very sure why you're a Christian, you can say devoted Jew and say, ah, yeah, yeah, okay. When you see the day of Pentecost, people talk about the day of Pentecost and say that the 3,000 people, or is it, um, how many people gave their life? Is it 3,000 people that gave their life to Christ at the day of Pentecost? People think it is people that are, that are wayward, and have issues with their life. That is not scriptures. Let me show you again, Acts chapter 2. Now the Bible says that, let's see from verse 4, the Bible says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak to one another as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem. Who did the Bible call it? God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, they came together, bewildered, and began to say to each other, and, and, and began to, 
and uh, because each one had his own language being spoken. Now, what I'm trying to point to you here, it wasn't people who did not know God. Now, when you read John, I'm just, going to, I'm just skipping all parts of that scriptures, but the same chapter. Then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised the voice, his voice, and he said, fellow Jews, who are you talking about? God-fearing Jews. He said, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain carefully what, uh, what I see. Um, let me explain carefully to what I see. Now, I'm just going to just skip again. You're not reading all, all the scriptures. But the Bible says, when they had this, after you said all that you said, when they had this, they, they, were, they were caught to the heart and he said to Peter and other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What did Peter say? Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Excuse me, I'm talking about God here. See, when you don't understand what your faith is about, Anybody who says, you know, don't worry, it's okay, it's, it's, it's all the same. No, except you don't believe in scriptures. This is why we are getting to a point where I am asking, because what, what will make certain people cross the land and, rescue, and, and basically know that they may not return from that smuggle? There are Christians who have been caught and have been sent to 50 years in prison. They are still there. What is the persuasion that they found? What is the persuasion that they found? You know, at times you would think that the people that wrote the Bible are very, you know, some people just got that. Some people say, I know people, some people just got that and they wrote the Bible. That's not that is historically wrong and it can be proven by fact. In any kind of dimension, it is very wrong. The Bible was written over the whole Bible that you read, it was written over 1,600 years. 44 people wrote different sections of it in three different continents. That means they don't know each other, all of them. But they have one message. See, I am trying not to, I'm not going to go into much of, uh, you know, like I said, I'm happy to have a sit-down proper conversation with people. That you would begin to see that the scripture is what he said. He, 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 see, there are certain things that when the Bible writes, it only writes it for a reason. When the Bible says that Jesus was buried in the grave of Joseph the Aramatia, um, from Aramatia, what does that mean? If you go to the record, you will see that grave. The Bible is not, the Bible is not protecting it, itself from being, from being examined. That is why you will see that the Bible will say that it will give specific examples reasons, sorry, specific illustrations so that you can go. 
See, there are other people you would see, I, I, I skipped that slide, you, you, you would see there are other people who are not Christians at all, who, who, were, who were scholars in, in, in their own days, who were Jews, and they recorded the death of Christ. But when people don't read these things, people go, you know, it's just, see, okay, as we just, sorry, my time is fast spent, amen. God help us in Jesus' name. I'm just saying, the question is, why are you persuaded to be a Christian? Why are you a Christian? <laughs> Jesus, I said, see, you need to know why. It's not good enough to say, ah, my father is a Christian. <laughs> it is great as a foundation. But a day will come when you have to face your home. And you will not say, please let me read my daddy. Because daddy will not, will not always be there. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we just read on, I'm just going to just say that, you know, I'm just going to just pick an example of the scriptures for you to understand how some people will talk about you hear some people talk about the canons of scriptures that da, 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 all this kind of you know, I love when you talk about when you just put it in one line and just throw something out there and people begin to say hey, no hey, yeah all this kind of rubbish you know it's now let me just give you an example in the Bible Jesus had a disciple that was Luke do you know part of the part of Jesus that is Luke but it is not that book that wrote the book of Luke. So, now see, now the book of Luke was written to a particular man who was a Roman senior person in the Roman. So, it wasn't somebody that was, he had had the battle faith. And he told Luke, Luke, I trust you. Why? Because, I'm just going to just go rush down there. Because Luke is a medical doctor. So Luke was not just a non-entity that was walking around the streets and picked up pieces of paper. I said, okay, let, let us start right. No, Luke was Paul. He walked with Paul later on. Paul said, said, said my dear Luke, the, the doctor, he was a physician. So when Paul was beaten, Paul, Luke was there by the, by the side to make sure that all these Christians that preach against medicine, God help us in Jesus' name. <laughs> God help us. Hallelujah. Amen. So, I'm just going to just, now, please, see how he introduced the book of Luke that you read. He says, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled around us. So people will say, ah, there are other scriptures. There are this and that. No, 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 no. The Bible clearly says it. It says that they used I said they used eyewitness, they used the high witness report circulating among us from the early disciples. Having fully investigated everything from the beginning. I decided to write an accurate account. So Luke is saying, no, 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 this one, 
I personally went through a scientific process because a medical doctor does not just pick up things. It goes through, introduced people, he went through it, he said he died here. Okay, let us go there. What did he, because the man he's writing to is not a non-entity. So he says that, he says, he says, um, he said, most honorable, because the man was a very senior person in the Roman, in the Roman Empire. And he said, so that you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. So the man was taught about Christianity. They now called Luke and said, Look, you know what? All these carpenters that are coming to say <laughs> Jesus rose up, believe in Jesus, go and do investigation for him. Then he sat down and spoke to eyewitnesses. He investigated it. So that means the people he would talk to is not only people that Jesus knows. Oh, that, that the people, ah, yes, we saw it. No, we, we were there. In this same Luke wrote the book of wrote the book of hearts. Because you would see again Acts chapter one, you say, My he said, in my former book, the book of Luke, Theophilus, the same person again. I am about to write about, I, am, I, I wrote, sorry, in the former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. After instructing, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen. I just want to first of all get you to the point that the scriptures has been thoroughly te tested. It wasn't something that somebody just picked. Because so that when you come to the question of your faith, you would be rest assured that your faith has been, it has been on, on a very solid ground. On a very solid ground. I need to watch this. <laughs> what I'm just going to say to you as we draw to a point, I'm saying this because I know that there are very young people around among us and they're hearing so many things out there. You don't have to feel guilty or anything at all. How many of us have heard that there are errors in the Bible? Of your hand. Hallelujah. And nobody among them. Have you ever heard that the Bible has errors? You heard it before. You heard it. Yeah, people say that the Bible has errors. The problem is that they will not tell you what kind of errors they're talking about. No, not even that. Those who are seeing it will not research and find out what the errors are. So they will say to you, ah, there are errors in the Bible. Do you know how many errors did they say that in the Bible? Seven. The estimate is about 4,000. Now, please. Oh, that is why 
it is important. That's when Paul will be talking about the gospel. Paul was talking, we'll get there. When Paul, Paul says, see, I went to certain places. I saw it myself. This is not... Now, let me just put it to you this way. This is the way, the, the most general one that people, people are, you know, is that we have to understand, let me take you back to, this is how, these are manuscripts or scriptures. This is what they write on. Please remember in that day, there was no printer, no internet, no... So they wrote on these things which are like plywood. They will have to put it to how to dry. Okay. When Jesus wrote the Bible, when Jesus read the Bible, the book of Isaiah, in scriptures, he only read it, where did he read it? In the temple. Why? Because in those days, the Torah is left in the temple. So what people would do is that if I get a copy, I would handwrite it, copy it, and send it to, if, if I want to, if, okay, like every one of us here, I'm going to send you to Rome, sometimes somebody to Asia, somebody to this, someone to that. The only way we can do it is you copy it, and you copy it, and you have it. So what happens is that the thing keeps spreading. Now, there are some of it, most of it, is what is called, that is why, again, you need to understand why the Bible is written. Is when somebody writes John, somebody don't put N there, somebody put two hands. Because it was handwritten. So what was happening was that because of the rigorous checking of scriptures, because you put one hand, Another one put two, they will count it as one hell. That shows you the process they went through. So what that happened was that, why is it some people talk about the King James Version is a very bad version, and the NLT is the best one? It's simply because maybe by the time they find somebody's translation, maybe the, somebody that wrote for me, that is the one you are writing now, somebody wrote it down, somebody wrote it down, somebody wrote it down, maybe somebody that they found somebody's translation, and the translation of the King James Version found was maybe someone that wrote his own translation about 50 years later, because it has gone, 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 gone down. NLT will find his own version closer, you will find your own. So, but what they did was they compared the script to be sure. What am I trying to say? The message of the scripture is the same. No scholar, either Christian or non-Christian, would ever tell you that there is a lack, a variance in such a way that the message of the scripture has, has been um, contaminated. Please, how do you expect people who are at this age, before the Bible got to the one that you carry on the phone, they didn't have that privilege. But they protected the truth. I am saying this to you so that you will not be led astray. 
they are, are well documented. If you go to the library, um, was it Oxford or whatever it is in, in, in the UK, they have a manuscript, a piece of a manuscript there. Across the world, there are about, I think they discovered about 51,000 manuscripts. But it is just that because I cannot, we, if, if it was only one Bible that Paul wrote, that every one of us is reading, before he gets to, <laughs> before he gets to everybody, before you read your own, and, you not, and I give it to you, you not take it to one person, you not take it to one person, it doesn't make sense. Why am I saying all of this? We are trying, I'm trying to first of all settle certain things in your mind that your faith, no matter what happens, is in the right place for Christ. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just. So, you know, and I say to you that, you know, I just used that as an example. The person that wrote is a medical doctor. He knows what he's talking about. He's not dumb. And you have somebody, you have somebody like you have somebody like Paul. Paul was writing, and that's why Paul was saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because he said, because that gospel has the power to save people. Why will Paul get to a point and say that I am not ashamed of the gospel? Because in those days, to stand up to say that you're a Christian, you must be dumb. Why? Okay, can I first of all tell you one? Okay, you said that our foundation of Christian is based on two things. Jesus died and resurrected. Paul said, those are the foundation of your, of your faith as a Christian. If you don't understand those two, and believe in them without a doubt, you, are, you, you, you don't understand it. Whatever it is you believe, if those two are in doubt, who Jesus is, how, how, when he died, and how he resurrected. Because that determines where you end up in eternity. Now, why was it an issue for them? Why was it an issue for them? Because, I'm just going to just skip to a couple of things. Because the Bible says that Okay, let's okay. Let's just point this out to us. When how many of us did history school? Uh, when was the first time Christians had sorry women had the right to vote in the UK? Sorry, nineteen twenty. Okay. But before then, they could not own properties. They were not women could not own properties. Why? Because they don't count them as valuable. Sorry. As they, are, they cannot, okay, they cannot stand as proof. As you cannot bring an evidence before court. As, as modern as we are here now in this world, my wife has an Italian passport. I don't. She cannot renew her passport except I endorse it as a man. That's how crude <laughs> the system is. Even if you are divorced, you still have to go and beg him. I say, please, sign. 
They understand divorce. They say that you look at divorce. But no, since he has married you, you are attached to him. That is how crude even the Italian system is now. Why am I saying this? Now imagine what it is like in the days of Jesus. They now asked you, how do you know that Jesus resurrected? A woman. Came, a woman is the one that first of all saw him. <laughs> Which woman? The one that he cast out demons from. <laughs> you can see, at times when you read the Bible, you don't understand why the apostles are saying, <laughs> we see, whatever it is, we know what to believe. Because how can you say it? A woman, <laughs> so all the men, None of you saw him. He was now a woman. Not a normal woman. The one that you said he cast out demons from. What that also shows you is that if the writers of the Bible wanted to write it properly, they would make sure it's a man that saw it. Does this make sense to us? Secondly, the Bible says God said in the time, He said, He said, the Bible says, You must not leave the body hanging on the pole overnight. Be sure you bury it the same day. Because anyone who is hung on the pole is under the curse of God. So this man that he said is the Messiah, that is the Son of God. Why, how did he say he died? He died on the cross. <laughs> you believe that kind of thing? A man that is... The reason why he died on the cross is because he's cursed. You see how difficult their faith was. But that is why you would see when people are talking to Paul, at this point, Festus interrupted Paul. I'm reading from verse 24. And he said, you are out of your mind, Paul. He said, you are, your great learning is driving you crazy. Basically, what he said, please listen to what you are saying. That this man died on the cross. Do you know what the Bible says? <laughs> that this man, a woman, Came to tell you, not the woman alone, the woman that you two say he cast out demons. He said, Paul said, I am not insane. Most excellent festivals. So basically, our Bible says, respectful. He said, What I'm saying is true and is reasonable. Now, when he got to a point, um, Verse 28, just because of our time, Agrippa said to Paul, he said, you, you do such, do you think by such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? The question is that, are you persuaded about your faith? Because of our time, I'm just going to just and it's at the sorry, I'm, I'm skipping quite quite a, a lot out of it. You know, Paul was saying, he says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel which I preached to you, 
which you have received, on which you are taking a stand. This gospel by which you are saved, that means the only way to be saved, it is about, first of all, it is about you finding peace with God. That is the foundation of your faith. If you abandon that, then your Christianity will be based on any other thing. It says that, it says, it says, if you hold firm to the word which I preach to you, otherwise you are believed in vain. He said, for, I re- for what I received, I passed on to you as first importance. What he says that, this is the most important thing. That Jesus died on the cross according to the scriptures. Uh, for our sins, according to, why, why is he saying according to the scriptures? There are written documents, prophecies already on ground. What he's saying is that your faith can be provable. He said, he said, he was buried and raised on the third day according to the scriptures. He was, he appeared to, now in our sense, he appeared to Cassius, which is Peter, and to the other two. What he was trying to say is that, go and ask them. He said, after then, he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters. Some of, uh, at the same time, most of them are still living. Basically, what he's saying is that your faith is not based on hearsay. There are people who have evidence of it. He says, he says then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Why did he say James? Because James was the brother of Jesus. So even the family of Jesus, they're like, ah, <laughs> we buried him. No, let him come and appear to me. That's why I said, go and ask James, his brother, he to sort. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm just going to just, I'm so sorry, this is not what I want, I want to do, but just. Now, the Bible says, in Romans chapter, and that brings us closer to where we are going. He said, we know that all things work together for good for those that love God. What does he mean when the Bible says all things? That means both good and bad. The Bible did not say all good things work together for good. The Bible says all things, but the hand, it will work together for good. So if your faith is based on everything must go down good for me, that is not the Bible. The Bible says everything will work together for good for those who according for those who are called according to his purpose. For those who for those who God foreknew he predestined to conform to the image of his son. So when you go down to that scriptures again. He said, who then is the one who condemns? No one can. For, for, for Christ Jesus died, more than that, he was raised to life and sat and is at the right hand of God, interceding for us. He now said, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? We know that this man died for us. He said, shall trouble. See, at times we don't read this part of scriptures. 
Paul said, Sound trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword. He said, For it is written, we already know that for his sake we face death already. We are considered as a sheep for slaughter. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. At times when people say that we are more than conquerors, people don't read the previous. He always ah, I am more than conquerors. No, Paul said in hunger, even when you are hungry, Christ loves you. Even when I am in pain, Christ loves me. My definition of Christianity is not based on how great things are physically. My faith is settled because I know at the end of it, it will come right. Why? So I am not bothered. My faith is not jumping here and there. My faith is not based, as we, you know, he said, they now said, for I am convinced. He said that my conviction, the question is that, are you convinced? He said, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, or any other power, neither height or neither height nor death nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Basically, it will never separate me from my faith in Christ. Because your faith in Christ is first of all that he died for your sin. And, you know, I'm just going to, sorry, I'm skipping scriptures here. We'll get to a point where we pray. And I'll hand it out here. Jesus died. Then his disciples went to go on a fishing. He said, well, he's dead. Even his disciples were not expecting him to resurrect. <laughs> That's why they say that Jesus is resurrected. Where? Who? <laughs> That's why they followed the woman. <laughs> because they are high. Are you the same woman that they cast out demons? Ah, maybe, maybe the demons are already. <laughs> <laughs> so the Bible says, uh, it says, uh, it says, it says, then, so afterwards they went back fishing. Then Jesus appeared at the seaside. And Jesus, the Bible says that, he says, he said to them, come, the breakfast is ready. The Bible says, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus took the bread and gave it to them. Basically, they were, they were looking for food. It was because of what they would eat maybe of their issues in their life that they began to say, you know, maybe this God is not real. 
Then Jesus said, okay, don't worry. Jesus now brought the food and he served it for them. And he said, this is what you think I cannot drive in. Have the food. Eat. Then he now said, then Jesus, in verse 14 says, sorry, okay, he did the same with the fish. And it was, it was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he had been raised from the dead. The Bible says, when they finished eating, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? Basically, you think that my being God to you is about what I do for you. I've done it. But I want to ask you a question. Who am I to you even when you don't have that food to eat? Oh, you think it's about, it's about miracles. I can do miracles for you all day. But that is not why I died for you. He said to me, he said, do you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord. I love you. Then he said, feed my sheep. There's a lot to say down there. You know, I say to people, as far as God is concerned, the greatest responsibility of a shepherd is to feed the sheep scripturally. Your thought can be decorated if there is no scripture in there. As far as Jesus is concerned, you don't love him. If you love him, you will feed the sheep. But that's what I was talking about earlier. Then he now said to him, Verily I tell you, when you are young, it's about what you want. He said, he said when you are young, you dress yourself and, and went wherever, where, where you wanted to go. But as you grow up as a Christian, you will stretch forth your hand and someone else will dress you up and lead you to where you don't want to go. Then he said, so then he said, then, then he said that, then he said, he said, he said, then Jesus indicated the death of Peter, the death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Jesus is saying that, you know, what is your definition? Why are you a Christian? Assuming everything fails, would you still be a Christian? That was what Jesus was confronting Peter with. So Peter, you know what? I understand you are hungry. I understand your challenges. But that is not the basis of your faith. As usual, Peter turned and saw the disciples whom Jesus loved and who was, was, following, was following them. Then, sorry, when, I just got to verse what when, when Peter saw him, Peter said, Lord, what about him? Basically, maybe, maybe you are going through a process with Christ. I said, God, how ah, many of us do it? God, am I the only one? See other, other Christians. See other people, see how their life is. They don't have all this trouble. 
And Jesus said, if I want him to remain alive till I return, he said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Basically, how does his Christian life affect you? You follow him. And where we are today is not a definition of why are we Christians. Is a question is why are you a Christian? It's not a question of my family are Christians. It's a question of why are you a Christian? God wants you to answer that for yourself and be rest assured in your mind so that whatever comes your way you know why you are a Christian. And I think it's important that we begin to lay those foundations for Christians. So that when you see a Christian being slaughtered in Afghanistan, you don't think that it's because they don't know God. When you see a Christian going through trials, you don't assume that it's because their faith is useless. Because, because your definition of Christianity is about what kind of car they are driving. We would not be, I would not say, let me just say this to you. Your Christianity has not come to a point of full assurance on the gospel except you can walk into a church in the northern part of Nigeria that you race down to get to, to the floor and stand up there and preach the gospel to them. If your gospel really affects certain section of people, then you say that gospel is not yes, the gospel. Because what will you say when you walk up to a church? That has been blown apart. Everyone has lost their family. And you are invited to come and preach on that Sunday. I will handle this way. There was a day we were in Yudide, a friend of mine, to Tuanidiji. Ah, that girl has gone through a lot. She's gone through a lot in her life. She was one of those that, you know, she was doing singles ministry. Singles ministry, perfect singles ministry. She was so popular that look, we are right to that winners chapel on campus. Then used to invite her. She would do conferences. She was filling halls. Even till now, she has a dedicated radio program in Nigeria. She has been dating this guy from from university. He dated for a long period of time. You can expect that they would know everything. They were very close. They printed out invitation for wedding marriage. And they dated for about 10 years or so. So they gave out the, the, the IEDs. And everybody was like, ah, mommy my is doing wedding. Ah, man. Everybody was like, you know, this, this lady, you know, she's raised so many marriages. And two weeks to the marriage, 
the guy said, I'm no more doing. I walked away and married somebody within two months. What kind of Christianity? <laughs> That's why I said she, I said she's seen a lot. There was a day we were doing video. And we were like, ah, mommy, where is she? We were calling. I said, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. She was coming to preach on a sermon that day. The faithfulness of our God. So then she just rushed in. So when she rushed, I said, I said, um, what's going on? We've been waiting for it because she was supposed to start sermon around 12.31. It was a video. But she didn't get to, to she didn't, 12.30, she didn't get there to 1. So she, 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 was, she went to the, the room, changed her clothes, she just gave me a bad sound. Bye, 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 I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I said, I said, I said are you okay? She said, yeah, 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 yeah. My sister just died. And she just ran, ran upstairs. And she went to preach. And God moved in that service. I, I didn't catch what she was saying. So when she came down, after the service, people had gone in trance, people had given their life to Christ, and she was talking about the faithfulness of Christ. And I asked her, to, to, okay, sorry, I, I missed something. She said, Abayo, said, I need to go home to my parents. She said, why? He said, my sister just died in my hands. That was why I was late. I was like, and you came to preach the faithfulness of Christ. Tutu said to me, my faith is based on the gospel of Christ. I will never forget that day. Our sister just died in her hands. They see her parents. And she carried the maid as everybody will be. Then she ran to church to preach on the faithfulness of Christ. Why are you a Christian? Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.